This is the Open Forum Podcast. Welcome to episode 30 of the Open Forum Podcast. My name is Mike Miller, joined by my co-host Mike Martinez to bring you the news, helpful insight, and more from the world of physical education. Happy Halloween, Mike. Happy Halloween, and welcome to a special election day episode. Yes. Of the, oh, well, yeah, no, we, it's, it's the day after. It's not the, are we not getting political on this one? They're no? still counting votes. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Well, in that case, happy to, you know, happy, happy November, happy whatever day this is, happy, you know Something. what? Speaking of happiness, it is my absolute favorite season of all, <laughs> the season that probably brings me the most happiness in all of the seasons of the year. I'm not talking winter, spring, summer, or fall. I'm talking conference season, Yeah, bud. ladies and gentlemen. And obviously, the conventions look very, very, very different this year. Depending on what area of the country you're in, what state you're in, um, a lot of flexibility and creativity has had to go into making these 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 learning and networking experiences still go off without a hitch as they've been. And we're hoping today to bring a little bit of insight and a little bit of of knowledge around what you can expect from the current and upcoming conference season. So we brought on a few guests today who are, I guess you could say experts in the field, those who are actually going through this themselves. And I don't think we could have timed this any better because we actually have one guest who just wrapped up a phenomenal conference of her own in the great state of Vermont in Kate LaBelle. We have the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Coach Walker from Chris Walker from down in beautiful North Carolina, who's in the middle, right smack in the middle of their virtual convention right now. And we have Rob Silliman from Connecticut, right up here in the Northeast, who's preparing to put on a, a exciting virtual conference in just a few weeks. Ladies, gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Rob, we'll start with you. How are things going? They're going, you know, now a <laughs> couple, couple weeks out, couple weeks out, you start to get a little bit nervous um, of, you know, everything coming together and all those little small things that, you know, would be the same as an in-person conference are starting to rear their heads for a virtual one as well. And how about you, Chris? How are things going down south? I think things are going fairly well. I mean, we're, we're right in the middle of, like you said, um, and I think things are going really well. Uh, we have a, like good attendees, good feedback on the conference. And we're dealing with, you know, I think was um, Rob, you'll probably run into a little bit later, just some technical difficulties, some things, you know, with internet connection here or there. But outside of that, I think things are, are running smooth. I mean, it's like sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And uh, that's what, you know, a few things, we have some few hiccups early um, in the first day today. But outside of that, I think we, we, we worked around it and we're looking forward to the final day tomorrow. But it's looking good, a lot of positive energy with a lot of my um, hosts, a lot of the hosts, well, my hosts. But a lot of on the convention committees put a lot of work into it, and uh, we all have, you know, charging forward to get through this next day. So now, as far as like attendees compared to previous years, how are your numbers? Our numbers are actually a little bit lower than what they were when we were face to face last year. And um, so I was talking to uh, one of my co-chairs, Charlotte Cronkey, and it came the thing that we came up with, and I told her it was just something I was thinking about is you know when 19 came along in uh, march or COVID 19 for those who are listening uh when it hit and uh, all the schools were shut down one thing that we had and which was amazing with our hpe community across the world is we all banded together 
and then all these PDs were offered and they were free. And the thing is, when they were offered for free, most everybody around the world, you know, especially in the U.S., who needed, you know, um, continuing education units and those different things, they were able to pick those up for free, you know, five here, six here, seven here, ten here. And then people weren't teaching, so you had all day to get those units. And so I think that coming into convention season, you have all these folks have banked all those unit, continuing ed units, that they don't, they're probably good for the next one to three years. So going to convention-wise, it's like, okay, now I have to possibly shell out money to go to this convention. I already got these units. And then, you know, and the, and the other side of that is that, you know, we're not thinking about it and we may not know because we're physical educators, but you got some of those households where those educators or physical health PE teachers have become the sole breadwinner. And so that extra money coming out of the pocket isn't something that's going to happen right now because their spouse may have lost their job or they may just be coming into a new job. So being able to come up with $75 or $50 or $150 for a convention isn't something that's reasonable right now, but they were able to bank those PD hours that they got over the summer, which, you know, with IPSED, you know, and all these other states in around here to offer those free PDs. So, you know, that's, you know, has something to do with the numbers being down. You know, if we didn't offer those free PDs, would numbers be up? Who knows? But I think one thing, the banding together of everybody from all, all around the world and getting these PDs together was a good plus for our profession. So they're down. I think I went around your answer a little bit, Mike, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you bring up a lot of salient yeah. points, though, Chris, in keeping in mind that while we're still providing a great service to teachers, to administrators, that we still have to be kind of sensitive and cognizant to what is still going on in the world around us. And just as things start calming down in certain areas of the country, they start ramping up again in other parts of the country. And folks who thought they were, you know, past this and behind it are now starting to kind of batten down the hatches for round two or, or round three, I guess, in, in some cases. Right. Kate, we're wondering from, from your perspective, as someone who just put a, a, a tight little bow on a fa fantastic virtual conference, what was this experience like for you compared to years past? Um, it was more stressful in some ways, but I think in a lot of other ways, it kind of ran itself. It was something that we had to kind of figure out um, back in the spring if we were going to be asking people to travel um, for keynotes and pay for hotels. And it just seemed kind of, especially back in April and May, just crazy to ask someone to be our keynote and travel to Vermont and all that stuff. So um, we decided pretty early on to just do it virtually, even though we didn't really know what that was going to be. Like I was wondering if people were just going to record a video and we were going to like put together a slideshow of videos. Like I really just did not know um, what it was going to look like. Our executive director pretty much, she really ran the show, uh, Dr. Lisa Cleveland, who is a professor at Castleton University. She worked really closely with CVEN and that was our platform and it worked really, really well. And we just kind of had to balance between pre-recorded sessions and live sessions. And we still wanted there to be some like, we had pop-ups at our conference last year at our last um, in-person conference, which I really, really liked. It was just like pretty much me in this room that doesn't have a session going on right now and talk about this topic. So it was like a health, elementary health pop-up, coaches pop-up, and we were still able to do that this year with Zoom. So I think we did a good job recorded sessions, which allowed people who kind of do the, you know, speaker circuit and kind of put things out like that they were going to, you know, put out to other states anyway, um, that we wouldn't be able to afford normally as a small state in Vermont. So that was really nice. And then the live sessions were 
a good way to kind of more have a conversation um, and maybe people who weren't as tech savvy could just get in front of their Zoom and um, kind of do their presentation as they would if they were in Killington with us. Just a quick little plug, and I, I know I'm a little biased here, but if you've never been to the Shape Vermont conference, in terms of the, the content you're getting aside, in terms of just sheer beauty, you'll probably not find, a, you, you won't find a better venue than the, the Killington Grand Resort uh, up there in Killington, Vermont. Rob, I'm, I'm curious from, from your perspective as someone who's still kind of looking ahead at the, you know, waiting for the starter's pistol to go off mm -hmm. here. In terms of planning, in terms of numbers, what are some of the things that you've encountered so far and how has your team been able to kind of navigate those waters so far? Yeah, so I think in terms of planning, like the technology is a big piece of it going into it. And we had all these discussions, whether it's going to be Zoom, whether it's going to be some other platform. And we were really fortunate in the fall to be approached by this kind of newer company, um, Innovative IC or Innovative CEUs. And they were starting this online platform and they really wanted to work closely with us um, to kind of get their, get their thing going. And it was great to have this partner in this tech kind of people to be taking all that IT um, off of our plate. So we decided to kind of go with them, partner with them, which has really helped the process along from our standpoint is that we can really try to focus on content, getting speakers, um, and they were taking care of all of the IT stuff, which has been really fortunate. Along with that though, is kind of the whole cost and the balance and that side of it, which you know, you're know you not ever thinking about. Um, you know, to a certain extent. And then numbers wise, you know, we are, we are a little low as well. So that's been hard to try to figure out. And I think at this point, it's really been trying to figure out why. So trying to get out to the members and you know, what is preventing people? Is it the time off? Are some people not going because they don't have the FaceTime? Most of ours have been all pre-recorded sessions. So we only have a couple sessions each morning that are live and then everything else is gone pre-recorded. So we're really working on trying to, you know, reach out to the members and, and see what works best for them and what um, format-wise, because I think content-wise, we have something very comparable to what we've done in the past content-wise and even opportunity-wise, like they have can go to many more sessions and have access to many more sessions because of the online platform than they ever would have had um, in, the, in the past. In the past, they might've gotten, you know, 14 sessions between the two days and now they have over 40, access to 40 between all the pre-recorded um, sessions. So. I think from that standpoint, it's just trying to reach out to those members and, and try to get them hooked in and, and provide them the service that you know we think we can. Now, I would think as far as overhead, paying for the platform would be that it would be less than what you would pay for, let's say, a venue. Oh, absolutely. And it helps you balance to um, that cost of the registration fee. Yeah. So you're able to drop that registration fee from what it has been in the past because of that overhead. The overhead is a little bit less. So that's been fortunate too, because you know it's it's hard because you still need to it is an is a revenue stream for us, which makes it a little more challenging. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, one thing that I, I don't think should be overlooked is uh, you know one benefit to access and being familiar with this new setup is that most of us have, for better or worse, have had to dive headfirst into the Zoom, Google Meets, Microsoft Teams world, to, to some degree at least. Um, but I know in talking to, to a, some teachers, either folks who were thinking of attending 
or folks that I know that are usually pretty deep in the pre presenting game, a lot of the feedback I've been hearing is, I just can't look at a computer screen any longer than I, than I have to during the school day. How have you navigated that? Thinking more so, I guess, in terms of getting folks who want to share content for your, for your conference. Kate, you touched on it a little bit and trying to find folks who are already planning for maybe a different session that you can kind of, you know, kill two birds with one stone. But what has that process been like in terms of trying to get folks who want to create, you know, outside of the 26 hours a day that we're already working in our, in our, in our normal lives? I guess, Rob, we'll start with you because your, your conference is still up to come. How, how have you gone about hammering down these, these, these names? I think we just, we started by reaching out to our exec council at um, Connecticut Aford. And from there kind of, you know, also advertising that we were looking for people in some of our summer sessions that we did and reaching out to those people. It's been a lot of word of mouth. It's been a lot of kind of looking and seeing what other sessions and other uh, states and presenters have done. We found that a lot of, we've had a lot of new people kind of jump in and, and want to present because they had the opportunity to do it ahead of time. So especially a lot of new presenters, I think they felt a little more comfortable being able to pre-record, not like it, get rid of it and do it again, rather having than having that on the spot, on the spot pressure. So I think in some respects, it's been almost easier to find some of those presenters and, and find some of those sessions. Yeah, I would just say, I don't think we had a ton of um, Vermont educators well, definitely less than normal. Um, but I think we had a lot of like agencies and nonprofits, people that maybe would have been exhibitors in the past kind of did their presentation route this year. Um, you know, Planned Parenthood always comes, Outright Vermont. We had a lot of professors from Norwich and Castleton present, people talking more about the athletic side, like how to navigate coaching and athletics in COVID-19. Trying to think of some others off the top of my head. But I feel like we had you know, some people who were current health and phys ed teachers in Vermont, but a lot of people that um, were kind of trying to show maybe that, you know, what they have to offer and they would normally be an exhibitor, but kind of went the presenter presenter route this year. We didn't have as many exhibitors, which again, like makes sense. A lot of these organizations aren't going to be shelling out money, you know, would like to touch base with the exhibitors that we had and see how they did, um, how their experience was. But um, I agree with um, what Rob was saying about there's like 40 sessions that you can go to now instead of just having to do back to back to back. And I just feel like, yeah, I am kind of tired of looking at a computer, but I'm teaching in person now for the most part. And I'm really enjoying on my prep periods watching the sessions. And I just feel like sitting at my desk in my office with my notepad, I'm actually like ingesting and holding on to some of the information a little bit better than maybe I would have if I was at the conference and also talking with, you know, friends I'm excited to see who I haven't seen all year and you know that kind of stuff and you kind of get like timed out especially since kind of running the conference or being on the conference for the last couple of years I really haven't had a chance to like enjoy sessions in a couple of years so it has been really nice to like go on my prep period I have my coffee I watch the session I take notes and it's actually like kind of getting me like re-motivated again so it's been nice that was a little bit of a tangent sorry <laughs> no worries no, no worries. and it's nice to hear a fresh breath of fresh air in this kind of setting because you could also get the converse where people are disappointed because they don't get that between session interaction that, you know, we talk so much about being meaningful, meaningful and it's good to have that other, that other positive note there. I mean, if I pay good money for a conference and can't sit down and have lunch with Chris Walker, I wasted my money. Yeah. So, why why even go? <laughs> Chris, what has this been like for you in terms of, of gathering 
presenters and, and folks to speak at your conference? Well, it's actually, it's been pretty, really good. I think um, going back to what Rob said is, and Kate as well, is like never, not having to pay money to get presenters to come in, which I wish we would have been able to do because we have some great uh, presenters, you know, and a great, awesome keynote by this guy named Michael Martinez. I don't know if y'all know him. <laughs> I've heard of him. <laughs> you may have heard of him. Overrated. You know, but I think not, you know, not having that, we've had a lot of presenters to step up. And then, you know, with our executive director, the godfather, um, Artie Kamiya, him knowing a lot of other connections around, we were able to make plugs and, and pitches to a lot of folks. And a lot of these presenters that come out, like, you know, Mike Kazala came in, you know, free of charge. Um, you know, he's a well-known name. You know, we get um, a lot of folks coming out. Um, and that was able to come get it back to where um, members were super excited about it. Cause like these, some of these people they would have never saw unless they went to a national convention or if they would have gone, you know, or made that trip to, you know, some, some region, you know, maybe go to a two or three States over to go see them and they weren't able to. And so getting those presenters to come in, you know, give their time, open up a lot of doors and avenues. And, uh, and it's like some people that I didn't even think would even be interested in coming out. I was like, Oh yeah, sure. Don't worry about it. You know, I love to come and present. And then, and those presenters have presented at some other conferences. Like I think we had a couple came from Kate's, came down to our conference. It was like, hey, I get a presentation here. It's pre-recorded. Let me send it to you. And having that available, and those presenters would come back and sit there and listen to it, and then get on a Q and A on the side of it, and then just talk to, you know, the attendees. Got a little more personal. The one thing that I did that I that I've noticed so far is that you don't have all the background noise as a uh, as when you're watching it. Because a lot of times when you go to in, in person, you know, granted, they're great. You know, there's sometimes you want like I'm one of those participators or I get out there and I'm running around sweating and I may not get get everything. Or you could be that person who gets there late to a session and everybody besides you talking, you can't hear. Now mm -hmm. it's just like turn up the speaker, put the headphones on. Like Kate said, run back into your office. You can sit back, you know, and watch and do everything. And it works out a lot better that way. So it, it was it was good. It's been good thus far with gathering and getting those presenters in. And it opened the door. And with us, you know, we had like, I think it's 137 presentations that we have in ours. But what we did is just was a, a vision of mine was to offer it over the next 30 days. So once the convention ends, all our uh, attendees have 30 days that they can watch it. So they can sit back, you know, and watch, you know, after a football game or Thanksgiving break, they can add, you know, watch them. And another thing we did, and maybe something you can think about, Rob, is that what we offered our, our attendees was like, since we do have CEUs in the state of North Carolina, they, you pay a certain amount for 1.5, which is 15 hours. You pay another amount, it goes up like 10 bucks for 20 hours, and then for 25 hours and for 30 hours. And so you have a you have a pay thing to where you can go and get more. And um, and the platform we end up going with was was Whova. They keep track of you know how how often they watch it. So if they watch it, you know, and we told all our members that if you can go for 40 minutes, you'll get credit. And although the sessions may last 50 but they can watch it whenever they want to. So like today, a lot of people, some people are in the hybrid or face-to-face. -face, and with having that going on, the hybrid or face-to-face, there's like, they can't really get to the sessions. You know, they may have to have to do Kate, like go watch it, put it on pause and come back later. So starting, I think it's Thursday, once we start getting the sessions uploaded, they can watch it whenever. And then, you know, they can split them up, you know, they can put almost kind of like a Netflix binge to be an NC Shape binge. And they just, ooh, 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 like, uh. You know, you swipe left. You know, you didn't like it. <laughs> NC uh, shape and chill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just think you know, offering that out, and then once that opened up, 
that also helped with us getting presenters because it was like, hey, realize that you're coming in. You know, we only have like 560, you know, 550 people there, but you may only see three people in your session or six people in your session. But you got another 575 who are going to watch it at another point in time. Now, you may not get those analytics later. That's okay. We can probably provide them. But the thing is, you're going to get seen, you know, and it goes back to the exhibitors or the sponsors. You're going to get seen, you know, it's like, so they're there, you know, where you just have those opportunities when you um, open up that door and not just like it, like Kate was saying, you know, when you're in person, you know, and as Rob was saying the same thing, you got, you may see 14 sessions, you know, and you may be able to pay attention to three good sessions because without having a conversation, without seeing, you know, having lunch with Mike Martinez and Mike Miller, you know, hanging back, you know, oh, I'm late. You know, you're running across the, you know, the parking lot, across the lobby, trying to get to that next session, you know, and like I said, it's more personable. You can take your time, you can digest it, get reinvigorated. Those presenters hearing that was like, oh, wow. So, you know, I'm pretty much, I'll be seen for 30 days, 35 days. Like, yeah, you know, you could bank it and keep going from there. So I think just getting presenters, you know, that opened their eyes and made things more uh, appealing to them to present for us, you know, and it, we were just fortunate this year to, to get it at the right time and reach out to the people. I, I can't get hit by a pool noodle by, <laughs> by Chris Walker, though. At, at a remote conference, <laughs> it was supposed like it was supposed to be drum fit, Chris. Okay, I, it was drum fit. <laughs> it was <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> now, two things, Chris, that, that you bring up that really resonate with me. One, uh, you mentioned the platform that you folks are using, Huva, uh, W H O V A. As a presenter, one thing I've absolutely loved that I actually think I miss at an in-person conference is that people like, I can't tell you how many folks who attended either the keynote or one of my two sessions today have reached out with even just a hey great session or hey quick question about your session and I feel like that never gets to happen in person because you're cleaning up equipment or rushing from one room to the next I think I've gotten so much interaction with the attendees which I feel like is a maybe a, a hidden gem to this overall you know, new structure so far, but you mentioned yourself in particular being at sessions, Mr. Participation. You you want to be out there. You're in the thick of the action. Have either you or Kate or Rob in your planning, have you seen that some of those high energy, high activity sessions maybe aren't there? The ones that, that are usually, you know, 200 attendees in a room to see instant activities or lots of motion, lots of action. Is it, have you been able to replicate that in a virtual setting? Or do you see a lot of the shift going towards addressing what's going on here and now? I guess we can start with Kate on this one. I have watched, uh, I think a lot of them have been more honestly online learning. A lot of our sessions were online learning or games that you can do social distancing. Um, I would say that that is definitely something that is a loss from an online is there's that not, there's not that because when you do an in-person workshop and there's participation, just like you are when you're teaching, you might have planned it to go this way in the next 15 minutes, but then people put a spin on it and they try something and someone bends a rule and you're like, actually, I like that. And then you kind of do it on the fly. And obviously that that's not happening um, when you're sitting at your dining room table recording a workshop. So I would say that's definitely something that, um, is different with it being completely online and virtual. But I would also say kind of going back to what you were just saying, Mike, about 
you know, I'm not always so great at going up to someone in person at a conference and saying like, I really enjoyed that. I'm always like, oh, I don't want to bother them or they're busy. I don't know. <laughs> like, but I would absolutely be the person that would write an email. I think that that's like more my style of like typing it out, writing it out. And, and I think that that's really great that you're getting that feedback. Um, and I think that maybe some people are like, oh, well, you know, I want them to feel like they, uh, that they, I want them to know that people were watching their session and learning from it. So I'm really glad that you're getting that feedback either from uh, Vermont or wherever else you are uh presenting are you in north Car are you doing the north carolina run right now uh i i did today i, I did the keynote there yesterday yeah yes and then yes, two sessions today N normally i can keep track of my calendar but <laughs> when it's virtual it's, it's very hard to keep track and two it's sessions still, today, it's still yeah. mark still marks 48 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like it <laughs> i'm i'm gonna piggyback on my on my comment from last month october has been the longest year ever yeah. <laughs> 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 and and rob in your planning for the upcoming conference have, have you seen the session you know proposals that have come in kind of leaning more towards what teachers need right now or ha has there been some kind of well i can still show activities on my zoom screen somehow what does that look like for you so i think as of now a lot of the stuff is especially the earlier stuff that we got from the beginning of the year and teachers that submitted proposals like along our normal timeline, which was the beginning of the summer, um, kind of that, you know, distance learning or blended learning. And then you start to see the shift as the year progresses and the summer got closer and it was more um, certain that we were going back and there was going to be some sort of face-to-face -face and maybe even full in person. You started to see that a little bit more um, with being able to take video from your classroom and push video in and, um, being a little more kind of of that in-person and the student-centric compared to the people that were, you know, while everybody was in that quarantine phase, um, much more centered on the um, technology piece of it. So you have seen to see a little bit of a shift in, in a flow as this whole kind of season has progressed. Chris, uh, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit for you. I, I just kind of had a question that popped to mind real quick. Any good teacher is is highly skilled at taking you know little nuggets of wisdom little tips and tricks making it their own and then making it even better moving forward are there anything has there been anything from this process that you've learned that you would love to see your state conference continue with moving forward even after hopefully we get back to good old-fashioned in-person everyone in one building anything that you want to see carried over from the the decade that was 2020 that's a good Hygiene. question. Yes, <laughs> yes I, I will say I'll be one of the, the ones that admit my showers have, have not been as consistent because you can't smell through a screen. Uh, <laughs> when I'm teaching Zoom, I'm like, hey, it's all right. They don't know. <laughs> you don't have that honest kindergarten going, well, ooh, you stink, coach. I'm like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, some things that I would carry on, I think one that pops in my head is is the connection and i think you mentioned it how you're able to get a lot more connection through emails and people saying you know i appreciate what you're doing i think that when when you have the in-person folks really fill out those three question surveys as fast as they can so they can get their credits at the end they're like right here oh i was there and you know it's like somebody just stamped my thing for me and then they'll hand it off or because um, they have to get to their next session that's true you know um, or yeah, you get get to the next session or at the very end, the very last minute, they're like, okay, what do I need to fill out? What do I need to figure out? I got to get to the um, other end of the convention center in exactly. four minutes. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to run there. Yeah. 
think um, if we could continue to have this community um, of, you know, the open dialogues um, outside of it, where whether it's, you know, via using a, a community chat room. Um, and I know I'm on the, the Hoover bandwagon. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Um, <laughs> but I think one thing that they offered, which was really good, is that you can do like this open question, like offer jobs and just those different opportunities. And people are, you know, can get online and just type about it. Like Kate said, you know, she, you know, maybe a little shallow, introverted, you know, in person, you know, but you get behind the computer, you could, you could type your thoughts and get it through, you know, cause like, you know, if I get, you know, in that point where I see a Mike Miller, I'm like starstruck. So I'm just sitting there like just drooling. Or, oh my gosh, that's him. <laughs> that big guy on campus. But, you know, but I can uh, go out and I little. can. Sorry. <laughs> we're, we're about to fight, so we're yeah. <laughs> But um, I think, you know, being able to have that continue that to the next convention, you know, Hopefully it's, you know, some hybrid-ish of what we're doing now. Uh, hopefully we're in person, but, you know, it depends on, you know, what vaccine or what pill we'll be able to chew between now and then or what gummy bear we'll get in that vitamin um, <laughs> to get us to be able to go to the next one. Yeah, I like Flintstones. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's one thing that I would like to see continue. Uh, also, what's another one? I mean, here, like, I guess, you know, because we still have tomorrow to go, and, like, a lot of things, like, is this going to keep working? But mm -hmm. I... That, that's one of the bigger things, just keeping that community link outside and just try to figure out. I'll tell you one thing that was really amazing that we did, and I don't know if Kate had it, and um, Rob, this may be something to think about. So we, when we did the awards session. Like, I was just about to talk about the awards, yeah. yeah. So what we did, we, um, we took it and videotaped all, so we had it, sent it out to everybody who won their award, uh, the toys and whatever, whatever accolades somebody had achieved, which was amazing, and all those people who were finalists was great. So we took them all and they all had a one minute video. So they had the one minute video and we put it all together. So it was like a you know 15 minute, 20 minute spiel. So after that, what we did, we brought everybody back and we said, hey, we're gonna do a celebration of the award winners. And so we had a, we just pulled out a big Zoom link and opened it up. And so what we did was each president of each association said, hey, here's, you know, Kate LaBelle, she won teacher of the year. You know, she's amazing. Tell us about yourself. And so then it was just like open up the door. Then they're like, hey, okay, we have Rob here. And Rob, I don't want to butcher your last name, so I'll stick with Rob. Silamar? Silamin. Silamin. Ah, I knew it. But anyway, <laughs> so, you know, it's like, you know, he's a great, you know, great teacher and this things. And then that person got a chance to talk and tell about themselves. And that connection, you know, is just like something you're not going to get in a convention. Because when you do the awards at the convention, it's pretty much, Oh, here's a meal, you know, bring this, you know, get your plus one or plus two. You sit down, everybody's all dressed up in a shirt and tie. Yum, 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 yum. You know, here's these little biscuits that taste pretty good. And everybody's fighting for dessert because dinner wasn't enough. And then you next thing you know, it's like, take a picture, see you later. You know, you only talk to the people in your table. But this way, you know, you're reaching out to, you know, 80, 90, you know, 100 people who you would have never got a chance to talk to or hear your voice. And then next thing you know, they come back and go, hey, in the community, I saw your email. Can I reach out to you? You know, hey, Rob, you know, Silliman, I get it right? Got it. <laughs> so I'll say, hey, Rob, you know, hey, could you tell me a little bit about, you know, yourself? How did your program, what do you do? What what got you to be a teacher of the year? That's something I may aspire to, you know, eight or nine years down the road once I establish my program. You know, so you're able to do those things. And that was something that I hope we can continue moving forward, you know, and through my presidency that's coming up this next year in our 2021 convention, maybe years going forward, that'd be something amazing we could do. 
One thing I really liked about our awards was, well, the unlimited family, right? Like we did the same thing where you pushed out a right. link, but it was really nice watching the chat and having people's like full grown, like adult kids, like congratulating them. Grandparents were like typing in like, so proud of you. Um, it was really, it was really like, it was more like I always tear up at awards anyway, but mm -hmm. it just was really wonderful. I think this year, of course, being family has been really difficult for a lot of people. And it just was like this best feeling of like all these like people coming in and, and kind of celebrating each other. So that was really nice. And, you know, some people, their families are out of state and normally wouldn't have come in person. Yeah. So it was just really great to uh, have no matter where people are living, they could like tune into the award ceremony. And it was, it was really nice. I was really feeling bad for some of the award winners just because I was like, oh, this stinks that this is the year they get it. And you can't take the pictures in the hall with the plaque. And, but it was really nice. So that is something I didn't, you know, I wouldn't do it online all the time, but it was just nice that it was able to work out so nicely with the awards. Or maybe even planning for some kind of like a a hybrid or in-between type thing where you're having it live, but it's either Webcast. live streamed yeah. or, you know, grandkids and nephews and nieces mm -hmm. can have that, 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 that chat banner at the bottom, wishing, sending well wishes and congratulatory messages. Yeah. Again, or even just like having people send their comments in beforehand and then maybe like having it like projected behind them. So when they turn around, they're like seeing all these comments and they're like kind of caught off guard and, be, I don't know. There's lots of things. It's not my conference to plan anymore, but <laughs> or, <laughs> or the Zoom that. or the Zoom grid behind them projected with the peanut gallery, yeah. you know, yeah. all clapping, like... going crazy, and <laughs> yeah, it, that's did, doable. Did you, Give me a laptop. That, it's someone else's problem now. It <laughs> <laughs> hung up the hat. Give me a laptop and a projector. I'm on it. Right. <laughs> and looking to the future, Rob, what's one thing that maybe you're most excited about? to bring virtually to your conference this year? I think just the access. I think, you know, we're hoping that we can get to so many more people and, you know, serve like the entire state kind of as um, Chris and Kate were talking about, it's open for 60 days. So to have those comments kind of going through and being able to have access to that presenter for that extended period of time and that two-way communication, albeit in a different mode of communication, um, but you do have a chance. I mean, everything is different, but you're still able to kind of build those connections to those, uh, have that networking and hopefully just be able to reach a whole bunch of people in a lot of um, different ways. People that weren't able to get off from school, you know, can now do it on their own time and, and join in the conversation. So I'm really looking forward to that, um, that piece of it. And moving forward, like, I think that would be something that might be beneficial to look at. It was tricky, but I think that blended learning type conference might might be a great opportunity to reach the entire state and not just people that can attend so i'm going to try something here and i don't know if this is going to work but if you're willing to walk in this journey with me it could be glorious so bear with me yikes i'm going to ask one question <laughs> that i want answered two different ways rob is going to give a 30 second ish elevator pitch as to why folks should e either register for their Connecticut State Conference coming up or their future state conference in Name Your State Here conference. Kate and Chris, you're going to give your elevator pitch supporting the idea of virtual conferences. This is what this is why you should sign up. This is why you should do it from someone who has seen it already. Hopefully that was not my best direction giving situation of all time, but I have my A students here, so I think you'll follow me 
on this journey? We'll start with Kate LaBelle. Why should people choose the virtual conference experience? Because you are getting, like we said earlier, more sessions that you can watch with really your undivided attention. And you are getting um, presentations, especially from a small, like Vermont, we had more expertise in the house, I think this year than ever before. Our lineup was really impressive. And um, I think that the virtual conference allowed people to, and it was freer for retirees and students, which I was proud that we did that. So I think that it was beneficial for your hours. And I think it was beneficial for who we were able to kind of get in, in the room, quote unquote, for people to learn from. Mr. Walker. All right. So the reason why you all need to hop in and get onto a virtual convention is totally amazing. Um, I think you're able to reach more folks. You'll be able to see a lot more sessions and you do it from the comfort of your own home. All you need to wear is a shirt. That's it. <laughs> you put a good shirt on, you're good to go. You <laughs> a Joe, or you can have a tea bag at the end of your cup. Who knows what's in your cup? You sit away, enjoy your time, and you get to meet some great presenters you would no longer, wouldn't be able to see at a normal time. Um, and then you also have a, lo a long amount of, long amount, you have a lot of days to come back and reflect. And maybe if you missed the concept, you can go back and write it down and see that, see that again, which would benefit you as a professional, help you grow as a professional. And like, you almost get that one-on-one -on -one personality, you know, it's like, hey, I know that presenter, you know, cause I've listened to him 45 times in 30 days, you know, but it's gonna help you just to grow. And an accessibility that you would have that you couldn't have at a normal in-person live convention. Chris wins. That was all said. <laughs> <laughs> no. I can't follow that. <laughs> well, no pants, whatever you want in your cup. <laughs> <laughs> so let me get this straight. Whatever I want in my cup, pants are optional. <laughs> Where do I, I sign? No. Um, <laughs> Rob, I, I've heard from Kate. I've heard from Chris. I'm still on the fence. My conference is coming up in a few weeks. I'm hemming and hawing. Why should I sign up for this event? So I think it's going to be a great opportunity. You know, we, we just look strict costs. Most of these costs are way less expensive than they have been in the past. And they're able to offer you so much more. They're able to offer you so many more sessions from the same level, if not higher level of presenters. We have great presenters. You have access to all of the classes. Um, you have the ability to go back, rewatch, which I think is a huge feature. Um, you also have all the contact information for all of the presenters, so it makes it a little bit easier. I mean, how often have you gone to a session, um, an in-person session, had a great experience and gone back and not been able to find the contact info or had difficulty and it's just like, all right, I'm done with it. You know, everything is going to be right there in that platform. Accessibility is going to be great. The opportunity is going to be great. The professional development is going to be awesome. So much of it is geared towards the current situation that we're in right now and we are in for the foreseeable future. So I think this is an incredible opportunity to support yourself as a professional and also uh, support your state association. Folks, you could have heard it from Tweedledee and Tweedle really, really dumb over here, but instead you've heard it from three folks who are at the top of their game in their respective states who are actually putting on these incredible events for the very first time in each of their respective states and you know, across the country. This is happening for the first time, hopefully for the last time, but we're 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 breaking barriers here. We're we're navigating new waters. And I don't know about you, I'm sold on these events for the myriad of reasons that Kate, that Chris, that Rob have mentioned so far. So if your state conference is still coming up and you're still on the fence as to whether 
you think it's worth taking the plunge, remember, you can do it from home. You, In most cases, you have an extended period of time. Uh, if you're planning a state conference still, take the tips that you've heard today, extend that window for people to, to explore these, these, these topics, these sessions. Remind them that pants are optional. They don't need to have them on during those sessions. I mean, I would wear pants. <laughs> eh, just don't stand up. You know, what's the big deal? <laughs> right. <laughs> but most importantly, you have top-notch learning from not just the folks in your district, your neighborhood, your region, your not, not even your state, from all across the country who are chiming in to help teachers helping teachers at a time when we could all use a helping hand and some support. If you would like, if you are a teacher who wants more information on what this conference season looks like in practice, give us a shout. If you are in the in the stages, the final stages of coordinating a conference and want more info from Kate, from Chris, from Rob on how they've made this magic come to life, give us a shout. We're always available here on the Open Forum Podcast by email at openforumpod at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me and my good buddy, Mr. Miller, directly on Twitter. I'm available at PhysEdFreak. And I am at CoachMillerPE. We hope to jumpstart your conference season with this episode here and guide you along the way, all the way to the finish line come this winter and keep this show a truly open forum. Hope to hear from you soon. And until then, stay active, everyone. This podcast and all of the great services provided by Open are made possible through the support of U.S. Games and BSN Sports. Every time you purchase physical education and athletic equipment through U.S. Games and BSN Sports, you are supporting a network of teachers helping teachers. Open is a public service organization. Learn more at openphyzed.org.